0: welcome to another episode of a pastor and his people this is Pastor Dave Keene. I'm here with John Winston Whitaker Ooh, middle name all right. and Daniel Grant Henson um, we are here to uh, talk about the sermon uh, it's Sunday so you are all on a special treat I'm in your entire pastor Dave mode those of you who know me know it's a special thing to, to have so we're going to dive right in uh, third John you want to read the verses my friend Winston of course
1: Um, chapter one, the only chapter and verses five through eight. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that they may, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. That's a solid text. Solid text, man. Solid. It's small. It's a small. In stature. Muggy.
0: It's small. But stature. not in quality. Not in quality, man. Yeah,
1: it's good. Uh, it's kind of like Muggsy Bogues. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Is he a baseball player? Yep.
2: <laughs> no comment.
1: <laughs> um, all right, so uh, you're. We're tight. He wished me happy birthday. <laughs> he knows me by <laughs> name. Calls you a of God. god. Uh, the first and uh, only point. The faithful labor of love for the truth.
0: How'd you come up with that? Well, the the word faithful is in that first verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 5. So I want to get that thing in there. The idea of labor, effort, all you doing, all your efforts, so a faithful thing. And really this is a picture of love, right? So the whole, I didn't really mention the word love, I don't think in the entire service, but Gaius, uh, his love for the truth and his love for Jesus makes him love the church which is an element of, of, of all of John's writing. So he was just trying to, um, you know, he was a faithful worker who labored for the love of the truth. And I just like want to say something. Your points every
1: week are like this. Like your your points are like words that are in the scripture. Yep. So I think if you are an aspiring teacher, Sunday school, you know, uh, whatever it is, creativity is not necessarily all that necessary.
0: It really, it really isn't. It, just it, present
1: it, the text. And, and think <laughs> that,
0: sometimes I may go a little bit beyond when it comes to alliteration, right. um, but I'm really alliterating words that are in the text either way. Right. So I'm just taking different words and just using a different version of the same word. So, yeah, find things in the text help help your outline pull help the, the the your audience hear and see the text that you're trying to preach. Right. So, for
1: example, that word faithful. You could have gone. Faithful servant, faithful serving, safe, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, that's usually where it is. It's yeah. right
0: there. I, I did something a little different. Yeah. 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 So
1: there you go. Um, but you had three sub points. Three sub points. Of the one point, which is not
0: usual for you. Nope. Um, walk us through. What was that like? Uh, really, it, it's a, such a short passage. It all has one main thought. Yeah. Right. This idea of I wanted to get across in the main message of the, of the sermon. It's a faithful thing to, to labor in mission work. Right. So we have this idea of sending them men a manner worthy of God for the sake of the name as a co-laborer. Right, mm-hmm. So I thought those were just kind of all connected to the, the idea of this is the faithful work.
1: Did, so um, did you have anything that you maybe felt like you didn't fully address or maybe an application that you feel like came to your mind as soon as you finished? Like, oh, I wish I would have.
0: Yeah, so the, the the second point, the first sub-point, right, uh, send the manner worthy of God, I never really... S- Specified what does it look like to send them out in a manner worthy of God. What is the manner that is worthy of God? Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't talk about it. I only yeah. had two quick paragraphs, partly because I really wanted to emphasize the end of the message about being a, a collaborative Jew. So that's usually I'm longer at the beginning, shorter at the end. I think it just kind of helps when you're when you're preaching to kind of for the movement of the sermon. But this one was a little bit different because it was a lot more. The last point was the longest point, which right. is usually not not me. So let me just ask you, Pastor Grant, how do you send someone out? in a manner worthy of God?
2: Well, first off, you you commend them to God. You know that they've been called. It's one thing to encourage and, and get people to go, to get people to fire it up, but they truly have to be called by God to be sent out. And so just the, I mean, you would see the laying on of hands, um, in a worthy manner, like we believe what we see in your life and we want to send you forth in that, uh, a worthy manner. Like I'm not only sending you with my prayers and my blessings, but I'm sending you financially. Um, I'm making a commitment to come and serve with you once a year. Things of that nature, I think are, uh, sending you in a worthy manner very good to go forth
0: would you add anything John someone who's going to be sent one day yeah overseas
1: I, I think um, this idea of worthy is used multiple ways so Matthew chapter 10 Jesus is praying his apostles uh, find those who are worthy I think that connotation usually has a similar idea throughout the scriptures how can you how can something be worthy of the name of Christ it seems impossible right because no matter what we do we'd say it's not necessarily worthy mm-hmm. of Jesus you know But I think what he's getting at is, are you, is it getting out of view, the effort, the thought, the time, the energy uh, to the message, right? So for example, if the message is, hey guys, um, you know, there's stormy clouds outside, you would immediately have to run up and go outside and look. But if I said, the building is on fire, you need to get out now, Right. The, the message, right, the response is deservably so. So if the message is the gospel of Jesus Christ and these people are being sent out for the gospel, the worth of that message should be equal to the the worthiness you're sending them out. in So you don't want to give them the bare minimum. You don't want to give them the scraps. You don't want to say, eh, maybe they'll make it, maybe they won't. You want to send them out in your best efforts because the message that they're going with is the best message there is.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, we don't want to go too far here in the sense that that's what happens a lot. Like it's got to, you have to buy the you know, setting them up the best means you don't just give them a car, you give them a Lexus, right? So right. I don't I don't think that's the idea here. But you you want to treat them in a manner that that is deserving of honor. Right? You know, scripture says, verse fifty five, those who preach and teach are worthy of double honor. Mm-hmm. Think about you maybe the end of Hebrews, right, where it says that after that long list, it says. Uh, especially those who died were martyred of, of whom the world was not worthy, yeah. right? Like they lived their life in such a way that the world would deserve them. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'd the opposite. They really deserve to be honored because of who they are and their character. Right. Um, so. Yeah.
2: And, and I would say, I mean, even in the sermon, I thought you explained that point. Well, maybe you didn't specifically use those words, but us staying here and holding the rope on this end mm-hmm. as, the missionary is in the in the pit i thought if we continue to hold on to them and to keep that relationship alive i mean cuz what is that that rope that they're holding on to is it letters is it cards is it visits it, you know right. i mean that that, I, I believe, is sending out in a worthy manner. Like, not only are you worthy of being sent forth, but you're yeah. worthy of being kept in contact with.
0: Yeah. It was fascinating, guys, when he started doing a little, little research on Andrew Fuller. Um, he stayed, he traveled a lot in England. A lot of people asked him to kind of come and teach, update on the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost one wife and eight of his 11 children, mm. right? Um, and just a heavy burden for his people wanting to be with them. Um, They said when he was uh, later in life, maybe a couple months out from from death, he would still spend 12 hours at his desk studying and writing Hmm. for his people. Um, He gave himself to the call of the gospel to the nations, but he never left the shores Hmm. Um, as a missionary. Well, I
1: have some questions I wrote down. Yeah. First one is, you mentioned suffering on the mission field, very similar to Andrew Fuller, but also put suffering at home. For the mission field. You said both. What does that look like? And uh, what might it look like? That's my two questions. So, both. What does suffering on the mission field look like? What
0: does suffering at home in the mission field look like generally? But also, what may it look like? Yeah, so I think if you're suffering on the mission field, there's some things are very practical. You're going to be away from family and friends, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to have as much uh, physical comforts, mm-hmm. right? You know, especially if you're coming from a Western context, going to a third world context, you're going to be without right yeah. um so there's going to be there's going to be some suffering that that aspect you may not have you know the medical care that you want you know um you may not have all the the creature comforts of home you may not have this, the internet mm-hmm. uh, 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 <laughs> right? you know suffering on the field. um so i think there's no elements of that uh, i think that just not being in your home culture is 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 suffering right you don't feel natural um, so what, what it could look like, what's well, it's going to be depending on, on the place you go, right. Someone's going to suffer differently in, um, in an urban city or a rural context in India than they are going to suffer in, in Moscow, yeah. right. Or in, um, you know, uh, Bangkok versus, you know, Africa, there's just going to be, there's going to be different things that you're going to be dealing with. All of them are going to be away from family, the emotional stress, mm-hmm. you know, um, suffering at home. I, I think this is a little bit more challenging because, um, you have to make the choice to suffer. Right, so am I going to choose uh, to go without so I can give more? Right, mm-hmm. I'm choosing to suffer. I don't have to, right? Because I don't like. Do I do I not? Um, maybe I'm going to buy, buy buy. I can buy a new car. That mm-hmm. might be to save me more money in the long run. Or maybe I'm going to get a lesser, nicer car and buy it used so that I can have more money in my pocket to give to the mission field. Mm-hmm. Right, it could mean I'm going to suffer by bringing people into my home. We're going to rearrange our kids and make our kids kind of feel a little bit of the the of not getting anything they want, by bringing someone to our house, so we can pour into them and develop them before we, so we can kind of make them a stronger missionary, pastor, uh, church worker in, in the future. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of different sufferings. Everyone, and this is, I'll just say this, you have to understand your own capacity, right? Uh, your own context with your family, right? Some families are going to be able to give more and sacrifice more. Other people aren't, aren't. So it's not like every single person has to suffer in extreme ways because not everybody God made that way. Mm-hmm. Some people can't handle it, right? So, um, you know, so I think it, it looks different in different contexts. So it's really hard, a hard yeah. one to answer. I think partially
1: what you're saying too is uh, different seasons of life allow you to suffer in different ways. So things that you two guys are willing to, are able to do now, like maybe you weren't able to do ten years ago, just based on where you're at and things like that. Yeah, and
0: we were able to, you know, obviously when we were in, living cross culturally in the inner city of DC, we were suffering one way. so having kids that suffering seemed very hard in many ways. Coming here having, you know, having kids were kinda of in a sweet spot. They weren't mind to kinda of being shifted around. The kids get a little older, they kinda of like their their place. So you don't really want to move them from their place. So it right. changes in terms of even the dynamic of hospitality, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's different seasons for, for different times. But I think that I mean I get I'll get a lot of this probably in my listening to John Piper, like living in a wartime mentality. If we're willing to live in a wartime mentality because the, we are at war against the forces of darkness in the heavenly realms for the kingdom of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then I think we're willing to suffer more now, maybe go without. And mm. Like really, when I'm talking about suffering, it's really suffering more in an American context, right? Yeah. Like I'm asking you not to get the name brain cereal, mm. <laughs> you know, or like <laughs> fast, fast more regularly. Give up. Don't eat out as much. Mm. Like there's... Don't go without the streaming service, right? Things like that, that you're like, oh, that doesn't seem like suffering. Mm -hmm. But for an American context, that seems like you're asking me to do what? Mm -hmm. You're asking me to quit my cable and not watch Netflix? Yeah. Like some people think that 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 would be, you know, extreme suffering. Mm -hmm. Would you add anything? Yeah. um, The
2: things that that I've had the privilege to do is like when people would be on the mission field and something, whether they would be having a special worship service or something like that, to Mm -hmm. be able to do the same thing that their team is doing that's there, whether it be fasting, whether it be, you know, writing, writing letters Mm -hmm. or, you know, staying in constant prayer, devoting that day to prayer to do that. Um, more ways that, uh, more, more in a sense of, of like practical ways where you can also hold that rope and practically suffer mm-hmm. in being there with them.
1: Let's go. Cool. Um, how important is the phrase for the sake of the name? Right. So you're saying it's suffer, do these things for the sake of the name of. Jesus Christ. Yes. Why? Why the I guess need, need for that? Why the sake of the
0: name? Why not just go? Go do it. Um, I can't remember the exact um reference. Hudson Taylor was talking to a group of missionaries, and he basically said, "Well, why do you want to go in the mission field to fulfill the Great Commission? You know, um, people who are lost and um, going to hell. All all sorts of reasons." Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he said. Uh, Unless you are going because you love Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and for his glory, you won't last in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there is an element of everything we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, we do it all for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And we do it all for the sake of his name, right? It makes the sacrifice worth it, right? I think this is the whole element of Paul's teaching, right? If you look at all his writings, his eyes are fixed on glory. It is far better to depart and be with Christ, but for the sake of you, Mm -hmm. we're going to continue with you all right um you know i just everything you see is about him and doing it for the sake of the name mm-hmm. and we don't want to just support good work you can support good work we don't want to just support good work we want to support gospel work that which is going to be eternal so i think for me the foundation of all missions uh, should be uh, all about the, the glory and grandeur of jesus christ mm-hmm. where do you see
1: maybe flaws in missions where it's not or maybe um I guess maybe some consequences because it's not founded on the glory of God?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. I I don't have the the, the real answer off the top of my head. I just know that you can easily get caught up in a a bureaucracy. Um, you can get caught up in in thinking that some things are essential, but they may, they really may not be. Mm. Um, you know, we are approaching things often from a Western mindset of what is needed, and what's allowed. Um, And I, I sometimes I struggle, struggle with. I'm willing to make certain sacrifices, but sometimes it's hard to call others to make that same sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oh, let me let me do it. I, I'll I'll be the one who suffers. So there's there's so many things going on in the mission world right now. It's hard to kind of pinpoint uh, this idea of. I mean, there's the whole insider movement. There's the uh, um, church planning movements. Just mm-hmm. lots of things right now that are about speed and not maybe um, the. The, the zero focus that we don't care what happens, um, you know, in terms of the timeline, the response. We really just care about is Jesus honored, what we say and do, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a little, there's there's more and more manipulation that's coming in the mission field. Hmm. A lot of health and wealth gospel mm-hmm. is, is is taken from our shores overseas, which is not for the glory of Christ, yeah, but for financial gains.
2: Well, and, and if it, we're not doing it in the for the sake of the name Mm -hmm. then our labor is in vain Mm -hmm. because we're trying to bring that attention to ourselves Mm -hmm. or get a pat on the back or for the people like oh they don't deserve this they're in a third world country this Mm -hmm. isn't fair
1: yeah well
2: then we're no longer we're humanitarians we're no longer doing it for the sake of the name we're spending ourselves in vain and since our power is from God Himself in the Spirit, then where are we going to get our power from if right. we're doing it from
1: for uh, people that don't
2: give power?
1: Paul talks about ministry in Corinthians. It's it all will be tested, you know, it all, all of our works will be faced judgment, and some will be burned up and lost. Mm-hmm. Even though you may be saved, your, your work will be gone, if, especially if it's done with wrong motivations for the wrong reasons. You know? Isn't
0: that terrifying? Yeah, oh, that's ter- terrifying! If you mm-hmm. if you're going after serving for yourself, mm-hmm. you can serve in the flesh and get praised, right? Mm-hmm. And grow human institutions, but it will end up all lost. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you mentioned the Church of uh,
1: Philippi as you know co-laborers with Paul, but you mentioned multiple times that they
0: were poor. Oh
1: yeah, why the why do th- why do you maybe feel the need to tell us that
0: they were poor? Well, because I think that people who Sometimes people think, well, we don't have much. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Right. And I just kind of want to say, it doesn't really matter how much you like have. Just if you have a heart to do what God wants you to do, he's going to give you the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, they gave out of their poverty. Right? So, and they went to Corinth, had all the wealth and all the resources and all the natural gifts in the world. And yet they were not the, the, the church that um, was leading out in the missionary effort. It was the small, poor church that had, had a love for the gospel and a love for the Lord Jesus. So mm-hmm. I just felt like it was needed. Sometimes we think that you know we are only going to make an impact if we are huge. Yeah. I don't think that's the case.
1: Yeah, I think that's not just in missions, but in maybe just common life in the West of like your house, what you have. And you feel like, oh, I can't have people over or I can't do this or I can't do that based on living circumstances. Do you guys see that? Maybe Grant, do you have you seen that before? Yeah, I mean even even in our own home. Like like it was
2: hard for our setting to have another family with kids over. Well, instead we Amber and I had to shift our mindset and say, "Hey, let's do just couples and singles." Hmm. Because that's how we could feasibly do it with all of our kids right you know even though the kids would get more pumped because yeah. we had more yeah <laughs> but it but our space we yeah. couldn't we well I mean how many,
0: how many times do you hear people say things like um you know I, I can't do it I'm just too busy mm-hmm. I can't do it we don't have the space I can't do it like, I think there's a lot of like we can't do it mm-hmm. when realizing like okay I could do it it's just gonna be uncomfortable it's just not gonna be convenient right yeah and missions are never convenient. People are never convenient. They always call you at the worst possible time. Right? <laughs> I took a glorious nap this afternoon and was woke up from it, from a call, from, from, a, dear, <laughs> from, a, from a dear brother, right? Um, but hey, that just happens. But when you're in a relationship with people, you don't mind because yeah. you love them.
1: So. Are there maybe some other misconceptions that you find in ministry or mission, missions you think are common, maybe in our church or just in America? What are things that people you think go to as an excuse for why they can't? support or go to missions or
0: well i think one is kids right how how are we going to raise kids overseas Mm -hmm. um talking about specifically more foreign mission field um not willing debt right finances house all that stuff that's kind of wrapped up there Mm -hmm. um you know i think busyness of life you know Mm -hmm. Like, and listen, we all understand when you're parenting kids, right? You want to give the best to your kids. And often you think you want to give something good to your kids. You want to give them what you had, right? So you want to have them active in activities, that sort of thing. You want them to be well-rounded. But when you start doing that, it does take you away from people, right? When you have three or four events a week that you're going to for your kids, it's hard then to have that one night you're free to have people over, right? Because you really want to have time with your family as well. And there's capacities for extroverts, introverts, and what we all need, how God's wired us. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I think there's there's, there's lots of things that would come up. And I think that some of those are just, I don't want to put guilt on people for one way or the other, but it's more personal uh, family things. You know, I think that the excuses are myriad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, would, I would agree yeah.
2: 100%. I think, I think the Lord pricks our hearts very often, but the follow through is just not there.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Did you know Dave is a dreamer?
0: You know, I'm not the only one.
1: <laughs> um, William Carey, I believe, is he one reference a quote? Uh, Expect great things, do great yeah, things. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, are there any other maybe dreams that you you mentioned? Uh, some few of your dreams of starting a Spanish ministry, saying out Spanish Spanish missionaries. Is there any other dreams that you kind of have? Could you th- you said we we're gonna. Unique special place.
0: Yeah, so I think we are in a unique special place because of the kind of elders we have, because of the kind of church that we have, the church culture that we have is a church that loves well, mm-hmm. right? And I think if someone comes into our church, they're going to get a picture of what a church should look like: mm. uh, age diversity, a growing, you know, ethnic diversity, but we all are centered around the gospel of the Lord Christ. So, mm. you know, we have different people who have uh, who are participating in the life of the service. I just talk to people more and more. And I'm like, I think what Park is, has is a real special thing. I think my personal gifting is is gifting to help develop and disciple folks. I think Grant's gifting is the same. We're, we don't mind getting in people's lives. But we also don't mind giving them opportunities. I don't mm-hmm. think our church minds having somebody else preach yeah. and teach. I think that they rejoice when they see young men uh, handling the word of God well. Um, so I mean, obviously we have, we, we live in an area that is, um, you know, in terms of cost of living is lower than other places, right? So we might be able to train folks and maybe send them to the Northeast or the West. Uh, we have the, this land behind us. What could we do with that land? Could we have two or three houses on it that we could, uh, house pastors, uh, missionaries. But the problem that we have that I have right now is that I can bring in singles and even couples maybe right with mm-hmm. generosity of people's homes. It's harder to do that with families, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of the next niche for us. If we're able to have places, whether it's missionaries coming off the field just as a respite to encourage, or pastors that we're trying to develop, that they finish seminary, they got two or three kids, they're just really green, and they need a year, mm-hmm. right, to really be developed. Let's give them a year. Let's pour into them. Let's give them some. Let's work out some of that pastoral like you know awkwardness, and then let's send them out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we could do that, but we need to have a place to house them. I think we might be able to come up with like living expenses. Ten, twelve thousand dollars to pay the bills, but you you can't that can't be enough to, to without without a place to live. So that's why I was the idea of what if we were able to have houses or um, even maybe even a dormitory for families.
1: Um, so I mean, this is last this is how we're going to close because someone actually messaged me with this kind of this question. I, th- I think for this podcast, and when you say missions, you mean. Overseas, because you did mention, you know, Michigan, and really the question was, how do we, as a church, or even as elders, think through um, foreign missions, or do we mean missions like across the street from us? You know, do we neglect one? Do we emphasize something, or well,
0: how to think through that? I don't think that we uh, emphasize one over the other. Mm -hmm. I think that missions. Uh, that's someone here uh, for uh, an appointment, guys. Thank you for um us. Uh, we don't plan these uh, podcasts very, very well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think there's four missions, right? Missions overseas, right? Mm-hmm. You know, And I think there's um, being on mission, right? We want to be at people who are living on mission, mm-hmm. right? So the question I ask every Wednesday, who have you shared the gospel this past week? That's mm-hmm. the on-mission question. Let's not neglect the people across the street, right? Praying for the different nations every single week, hopefully is wetting our appetite, Um and desire to reach the nations for Christ. Mm. Um, We want to support church planting, right? We, we give to several church plants. We take mission trips um, before COVID, right? (laughs) Uh, To, to serve at church plants, to see new gospel work, coming alive in, in right. rough areas. I mean, we're planting a church down the street, right? right? We weren't looking for it, but God gave us an opportunity, and now we're, we're doing that. So, right. yeah, so I, I don't think that we want to prioritize one or the over the other. Yeah. Um, they're both uh, important, yet both different, right? Yeah. So, for example, I mean, you, you, you and I have talked through you possibly going overseas, right? right, and maybe planting a church overseas. Well, that's going to be very different, right, in, in terms of what our church needs to invest uh, in that. And we're investing in you now, right? right? We're preparing you now, right? Having conversations with you, having you have conversations with missionaries overseas now, so mm-hmm. that you can think, is this what God's calling you and you and Jamie and Levi to? Huh? You know, uh, but we'll we'll just kind of figure that out as as, as it comes. So I, I wouldn't say that we're overemphasizing, and I could be wrong here. The people may say, yeah, we talk too way too much about foreign missions, but not enough local, local missions. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think we're pretty balanced there. Um, but I, I don't I don't often associate local missions with mission language, right? I just say, be a Christian, share the gospel where you're at. Like, I don't, I don't consider that we're we're living on mission because you're a Christian. I don't need to call it missions. Missions for me is still overseas.
1: You know, one of the calls you set up for me to talk to a missionary, the first things he said was the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. If you can do that where you're at, just stay there. But if you feel like God's calling you somewhere else, go there. Whatever you do, enjoy God, glorify Him forever. Amen.
0: And thank you for the call. All right. All right. right, right. Grant, would you pray us up? Yeah,
1: I'd love to.
2: Father, we love you. We thank you for this great privilege, Lord, to be able to uh, go through your word. Lord, we thank you so much for uh, the hearers that you brought today, Lord, and we pray that uh, you edified your body through your word, and that we would not only be hearers of the word, but doers of it. Mm. Lord, I thank you so much for these men, and I pray that you would strengthen us all by your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray.
1: Amen. Amen.